0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Good morning again, everybody. In the Create series, we started with prophesy and um, Last week, we looked at, we looked at what? Occupy. 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 If, if you need to get those messages, please do, you know. And today, by God's grace, we are looking at multiply. Multiply. We will kick off from our anchor scriptures from last week and um, go into another set of um, scriptures for this week and, and we'll go on from there. Um, the anchor scripture for last week is Luke 13 and we'll read from verse 18. Luke 13 from verse 18. It says, Then Jesus said, What is the kingdom of God like? How can I illustrate it? How can I describe the kingdom of God? It is like a tiny mustard seed that a man planted in a garden. It grows and becomes a tree and the birds make nests in it, in its branches. He also asked, so this is where we are kicking off from. We stopped there um, last week. What else? Is the kingdom of God like it is like the yeast? I was saying the yeast. Jesus says it is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Says, even though she puts only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeates every part. Of the dough. So Jesus is introducing another concept of the kingdom to us. He introduced the concept of occupy and today is introducing the concept of multiply. He's saying that the kingdom of heaven is like a yeast that is, is, is a little, it's small, it's put in a big measure of flour and the yeast multiplies its influence until the whole Bucket is leavened, so a little leaven leavens the whole lump, and that is the kingdom. The kingdom of God is can't stand small, but the kingdom of God never remains small. Your business is an expression; should be an expression of the kingdom of God. Your career should be an extension of the kingdom of God. Your home should be an extension of, of the kingdom of God. Your life, your person should be an extension of the kingdom of God. And God is saying to you today, Multiply. It is in you to multiply. It is in you to multiply. So, so Pastor, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this: that 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 if you are a carrier of the kingdom of God, and that is your product, or is your service, or is your is a solution, or is your is your creative fruit that is a carrier of the kingdom of God, though you start small, you will not end small. You will multiply, and that is the word of God for you today. You will multiply. So, we we learned last week that, you know, we should secure the garden. We should take the territory, right? Then, secondly, we should what? Be planted. We should be planted. Then, once we are planted, we should take roots. Roots downwards. Then, afterwards, we should do what? We should grow. Now, growth is... Synonymous to fruit. Growth is synonymous to fruit. How you know a plant has grown or is mature is when it's capable of reproducing, of reproduction. How you know if you give birth to your baby, boy or girl, how you know your, that your baby has matured, we call it puberty in human terminology. Is when he or she is capable of reproducing. So the proof of maturity is fruit. The proof of maturity is reproduction. Same spiritually. The proof that you are spiritually mature is reproduction. How many people have come to Christ by you? It's a proof. If it is none, and you've been existing as a Christian for a while, there's a problem. Because when Jesus comes near you, he expects to see fruit. Why? Because fruit is, is, is pivotal to multiplication. Fruit is, is, is key to multiplication. So what we are saying, basically, is this. Growth and fruit are inseparable. The proof of maturity is what? is reproduction is reproduction is reproduction the seed in the tree in the fruit which has seed which becomes a plant which becomes a tree which bears fruit which has tree which has seed which becomes a, a plant which becomes a tree which becomes a which bears which has seed which Becomes a plant. Which grows to become a tree. Which produces fruit. So can you see multiplication there? So in that seed that you have from last week. As you know. It's not just. God doesn't just see a seed. God sees a forest. God sees a forest in that tree. God sees a a forest in that seed. You can look at the seed and think it's a seed. But God doesn't see a seed. God sees a forest. And God wants you to see as he sees. It's not enough to be seedful you have to be fruitful. It's not enough to be seedful you have to be fruitful. There's there's the capacity there's this innate feeling and if you if you've not deprived it or denied it you will accept that there's this innate undeniable desire in you for the infinite. You know, God puts it in there. You can be more. You can achieve more. You can multiply. You, can, you are more than this. Many times, many of you, you wake up in the morning and you look at something in the mirror and you're like, I am more than, it's not from an arrogant standpoint, but it's like, I can be more. I can give more. I can produce more. I, I can impact more. I can. And that feeling is God's, Seed of greatness and is coming in contact with water today. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And you will multiply. Amen. In Genesis one twenty-eight, when God made man, God blessed them. Blessed. You are gonna see that word again. Blessed. As said, blessed. He from whom I deserve nothing chooses. To give me everything. That's the word blessed, as said in Hebrew. And God blessed them and said, Be fruitful. But don't just be seedful, be fruitful. Don't, don't just be fruitful, multiply, multiply. Fill the earth and govern it, multiply. So, when you go beyond being fruitful to being fruitful, God is saying, great. But he's saying, you need to go beyond being fruitful to multiplying. You need to multiply. Why? Because your multiplication determines your influence. Multiply, fill the earth, and govern it. Your, Your governing means influence, basically. You know, what you are in charge of so your multiplication determines your influence your multiplication determines your influence praise the Lord okay so when we now move into a scripture for today which is Luke 9 you know we been going from Luke 13, Luke 9 Luke 13, Luke 9 so we are back to Luke 9 when we go to Luke 9 and we back up In the story, in verse 12, we'll see something amazing. It's it's an amazing story. Every time I read it, I'm always like, wow, wow. It says, late in the afternoon, Jesus has been preaching since morning. Preaching since morning. It was time for brunch. He didn't stop. He kept preaching. Time for lunch. It is tough. (laughs) He kept preaching. So late in the afternoon, the 12 disciples, Jesus was still preaching. He hasn't finished. He was still preaching. The 12 disciples came to him. Actually, they sent someone. Guess who they sent? Peter. I'm suspecting. (laughs) If I volunteer to go, you say, guys, this is what we have agreed. Let me go and tell the master. (laughs) Let me go and tell the master. So, So they came to him and said, Send the crowds away. This, Oga, oh it has been powerful this morning. You're preaching. Oh my goodness, powerful word. Be, I mean, you you must be the child of God. But you need to send this crowd away because we are about to have a problem on our hands. Send the crowd away to a nearby village, to the nearby, to nearby villages and farms, so they can find food and lodging for the night. We have to be pragmatic. We have to plan. You can't just be preaching an infinite message, Jesus. If you continue, we are going to have a crisis. <laughs> There's nothing to hit there yeah, in the remote place. Now, I, I, I can just imagine Jesus listening to them and, you know, and, you know, and, and, Oh, God send them a will. Eh? There's no food here. Better cut this your salmon. It's very long ago. Jesus, listening to them. When they finished, Jesus said, Is that all? He says, ah, ah, Yes. You feed them. Go ahead and feed them. How did, I mean, when Jesus said to them, You, feed them. Ridic- I mean, well, not ridiculous because Jesus, but it's ridiculous because it doesn't make sense. You feed them, <laughs> and like Peter probably went back and said, "You can't imagine what he said." Bartholomew said, "Tell us, Peter, what did he say?" He said, "We should feed them now." I wasn't there, but, 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 someone must have said, I've been suspecting this guy has a problem. (laughs) Who, who, who said that? Thomas. Thomas. (laughs) You know, you know. Then, then Philip, Philip said, ah, I have chanced one small boy of his, he actually chanced the small boy of his lunch. I've colobied his lunch. (laughs) Now, Peter, you know what we're going to do? Let's turn the joke back on on Jesus. Let's say to him, you've told us to feed them. See what we've got. It's not enough. (laughs) So, so 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 they came back and says, but we have only five loaves and two fish. They answered. Or to, to show you that they're like, this Jesus, Jesus, something's wrong with him. Says, or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? Now, what does that tell us? These guys they, they followed, they believed, but you know. They they struggled with Jesus because Jesus was saying things that was just ridiculous. So when they brought the five loaves of of, of bread and and two fish, they weren't bringing it for a miracle. They were bringing it to turn the joke back on Jesus and say to him, you say we should feed them, say what we've got. They didn't tell him that Philip chanced the little boy of his lunch pack. That was what happened. It could have been Philip. I wasn't there. <laughs> Fourteen says four. There were about four thousand men. And of course, you know that when there are four thousand men, the Jewish culture they count men household. So there will be the scholars put it at about fifteen to twenty thousand people, conservatively, because the man will have one or two wives. That will have one or two children. But you know, sometimes they are seven. <laughs> you know. But let's just keep it at a family of. Four plus the mantle times four is 20,000. Very conservatively. So Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups of 50 each. We'll come to that. So the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Your creative fruits, Jesus will bless them. In the name of Jesus. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so that they could distribute it to the people. He says, they all ate as much as They wanted, and afterwards, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover. Now, in your finances, you have seen, I, I hope you have experienced an addition. You've seen, you know what an addition is to your finances, you know what that is, you know. And um, for some of us, we've experienced subtraction, mathematically speaking, you know Unfortunately, for some people, they've experienced a division on their finances. But I want to ask you a question. Would it be OK if you experienced a multiplication? <laughs> would, would that be fine? Are you sure that is fine by you? (laughs) Honestly, that is very fine by me. Very fine. What you are about to learn in these few minutes is going to change your life. Fasten your (laughs) seatbelt. Jesus just showed us what it would take to multiply. I know some people have issues with financial multiplication. That is their problem. I'm not here to to address them. They can keep on embracing poverty. That's their business. But you are going to multiply financially. In the name of Jesus. Why is financial multiplication key? Why is it important? Obviously, multiplication cuts across. But, Pastor, why are you zeroing down to financial multiplication? is this. It's, it's very simple. Actually, the truth is that any form of multiplication that is not preceded by or does not lead to financial or resource multiplication will only lead to frustration. Only lead to frustration. Any kind of multiplication. Whether you have a product that you have... Produce, is multiplying. You are not able to sell. Have, the warehouse is going to be full. It's all leading to financial question. Something is wrong. Or you have an idea to, 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 to bring a product to, to, to market, but you don't have funding to, to engineer it. It's going to lead to, to, to frustration. Or, or you've produced, you've produced babies. You have like seven children. Eight and nine. Twins is on the way. And you are on a $50,000 salary. <laughs> I'm serving a God of miracles. I know. Yes, I know. Now, listen. Any multiplication that is not preceded by Accompanied by or lead to financial multiplication, we only lead to frustration. The key thing for you and I is when we look at the scripture, when you look at verse 13. When you look at verse 13, Jesus said, You feed them. You feed them. All you need for your destiny to be fulfilled is with you already, even right now. All you need. All you need to, to <laughs> listen, to go to that next level, to have that breakthrough. You already have it. You feed them. You feed them. We look at, oh, if only I can have what this person has, and then I will be able to achieve much more. No, 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 no. You already have what you need. Honestly, when, you know, God's Spirit House was started, and we were just a handful of, of people passionate for God, fired up with a vision, you know. And our vision is always bigger than our budget. You know, so, you know, it still is. And we're like, okay, do we... We have friends outside that are doing well, even in ministry, you know. Should we write them letters so that they can, you know, contribute money, you know. And I felt God say, no. And it reminded me of the lesson he taught me years ago. (laughs) I was pastoring the first church. I pastored. And he said, everything you need is right here. Actually, came on Sunday. I was looking at people. Who are they? (laughs) I can't I mean, I couldn't see it with my physical eyes, but I believed it in my spirit eye that the people you are seeing, including yourself, the money is in your pocket. Or will be in your pocket. So we said, this is what we're going to do. It sounded crazy. But looking back, has God not done it? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And there are still yet many great things we are about to do. That will sound crazy. <laughs> but God will do it. So, so, so starting small is not the problem. What you have if it's small is not the issue. In fact, there's a, there's a popular Jewish saying, which we've shared at the Silver and Gold, Gold series, that there's no shame attached to starting poor. There's no shame attached to it. See, that, but remaining that way is a different story. It's a different story. Totally different story. There's no shame in starting poor, small. There's no shame in it. But you will not remain poor. Amen. You will not remain small Amen. in the name of Jesus. So when we move further and, and, and look and drill down into this story of Jesus multiplying resources, Jesus saying, taking limited, seemingly limited resources, and multiplying it until there was abundance. One thing that Jesus knew was that God was a God of abundance. You need to know it, that God is not delighted in your lack. Some people think when they are, God needs them to be in lack so that they can be humble Please, have you not been humble enough? Honestly, one of the most humble people I know today are are one of the most wealthiest people I know. And one of the most arrogant people I know today. Don't have shishi. But they are still arrogant. Don't buy that bait. Jesus knew that God is a God of abundance. He embraced it. You have to embrace it. So four things we are going to learn from Jesus from this story, and, and we'll be done. Number one, that we see, I mean, and this is huge. So to multiply, so Jesus is saying to multiply, number one, the first thing that you have to do, that we see Jesus do, and that is big and huge and mighty, is that you have to organize before you can multiply. You have to organize before you can multiply. Verse 14 says to us, for there were about 5,000 men, 20,000 people there. And Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups of 50, groups of 50. Now, imagine how easy it is to tell 20,000 people, 12 of you, to organize 20,000 people in groups of 50. Remember, these guys interrupted Jesus' sermon. So, the people were there. You know, there's a way you can listen listening to someone and it be sweetening you. You, are not, you don't even know you're hungry. Until the sermon stops, they're say, ah, I'm hungry. So, the sermon has stopped. And so, these were angry people. Hungry people, sorry. Hungry people. A hungry man is an angry man. So, hungry people. Now, 12 of them have to make them sit in... A company of what? 50 each. Oh, guys, you all have to sit down. And guess what? You have to sit in 50. Oh, you people, you are 49 now. Oh, yeah, come, come, come. Join them, 50. Why you people, you are 100 in this place. Yeah. It was a lot of work. And knowing human beings, when you think you have arranged some people, and you move away some We see his friend and run across. And see uh, my neighbor. Uh, we are neighbors. We are neighbors for life. You know. We come across. So it was a daunting task. It looks simple. But it was huge. And many of us. If we take a look at our lives. It's in total disorder. And for you to multiply. God is saying you have to Organize. Start, look at your table, look at your desk, look at your, your living room, battlefield, confusion. Take it to your business, look at your business. How, how are your books? How are your books? How are your books? Let's see your, your, your books. Are they in order? Are they organized? What about your, your pipeline? Where, where's your sales pipeline? Let me see your sales pipeline. Everything is in your head. I'm expecting this one. Let's see, organize. You see, order precedes multiplication. Order precedes multiplication. You need to multiply your finances. What is your finances in order? The first thing you need to do is put your finances in order. How much do I owe? There was a couple I was mentoring. And you know, and their finances was in was in shambles. And they wanted a miracle. You know how you want a miracle, you've come to the mouth of God, pray so that there will be a miracle. So they came and, and I looked at them and I said, How much do you owe? They looked at themselves. The wife thought she knew. So she, she did a mental she didn't even know she did a mental configuration. So we, we owe maybe about five million. I looked at the husband. I said, Is that how much you guys owe? The guy said, Maybe it's a little bit more. So I said, Go back, sit down, sit down, and tabulate it, organize it. How much do we owe to who? You cannot talk of financial multiplication without dealing with debt. You have to settle your debt, then live on the rest. You have to. You can't be owing people. You are praying for a breakthrough. Meanwhile, in your head—you already know where you are going to plug the process of the breakthrough. It doesn't even include the people you are owing. That's criminal. You can't begin to talk about multiplication. So they sat down. So they brought the figure. They came back to me, and it—it it was about um, maybe twenty-two million. The wife was scandalized. <laughs> she was sweating, literally. So I looked at the, the figures. I said, this is not a problem. You said, listen, this is, it's not a problem with God. How much for two million? It's not a problem with God. Will you be true to yourself? That's the truth. That's the first. Will you tell yourself the truth? I looked at it. I looked at the man. I looked at the the lady. I said, man, look at me, look at me. Looked at me. I said, look at my eyeball, look at my I said, is this all? Looked at his wife. Looked at me. Say, hey, maybe some, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, uh. I said, go back. I said, I know them now. I said, no, 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 you don't tell me now. Go back. End of meeting. Come back next week. Came back next week. He rose to 97 million. Organize. Sit down. Sit down. Looked at it. I looked at it. I looked at it. I looked at it. I looked at it. Looked at the man. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. My eyeball. My eyeball. Say, is this complete? Say, Pastor. No. <laughs> no. 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 Listen. He that covers his sins. You cannot, you have to come to terms. It's excruciating, it's painful, but you have to face it. You have to organize. So they went back. They brought the final figure well over 150 million. I would say, now we can pray. How much was the salary? The salary was not even maybe fifteen million per annum. So we have taken him ten years to pay back. What I'm talking about is less than, definitely less than five years. Today they are debt free, oh. totally. You see. When, when, sometimes we trouble God too much for things that you haven't even done what you are supposed to do. Put order in the chaotic environment around you. That's the first thing we learned from Jesus. So Jesus said, for you to organize, for you to multiply, you have to organize before you. Multiply. The second thing we see quickly from this scripture is this: number two, Jesus is saying it has to be blessed before it can multiply. God does not bless things that are disorganized, so you have to organize first. But it has to be blessed. Luke nine sixteen, it has to be blessed. Jesus took five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven. And blessed them. He what? He blessed them. But they gave him the five loaves and two fish. For us, the truth is that when we give God our first, God blesses the rest. When we give God our first, God blesses the rest. As I said, the word blessed is him from whom I deserve to receive nothing has given me everything. So when God blesses you, it's usually beyond what you deserve. The blessing is the blessing because it's, it's beyond, it's far beyond. If you read that scripture, he, he took the bread, he looked up to heaven, and he blessed, he blessed it. When we bring our first to God, I'm talking about financial multiplication, any other modification apart from financial multiplication will lead to what? Frustration. When we bring our first to God, the rest is blessed. Then you'll be able to achieve with the rest what you could not have achieved with all together. Why? Because it is blessed. How do we bring our first to God? By tithing. By tithing. We bring our first to God. We bring our force to God. Your tithe is the first 10%. You bring your force to God and God blesses it. Said, but, but pastor, are you not aware of all the tight arguments going on out there? I'm like, come on. There's salvation argument. There's even argument whether there's God or not. Do you know that? Go and be listening to it. Whether there's God or not. You listen to it enough. You come back and say, is there really God. Are you built on the rock, which is the word of God? Is your life founded on the word of God, which is the rock? When we give God our first, he blesses the rest. For us as, as, as New Testament Christians, do you know that we are actually, when we bring our tithe, we are actually tithing to Jesus. Did you know that? It's in the Bible. When we bring our tithe to God, we are we actually tithing to Jesus. I mean, during this, you know, I played golf with some pastors of very big churches, you know, in this country. In this country, (laughs) so I was playing golf with one of one of them, and he was saying to to me that how that there's so much. He was complaining about the, the the tithing thing, you know, and I wasn't saying anything. I was just you know keeping quiet, you know, and he was saying how so much confusion, this and that. I didn't say anything, you know. So it was like, ah, that. the thing is just affecting all his church's income, that hasn't it affected our church income? I said, no. See, if our income has gone up. Glory be to God. He looked at me and said, how did you do it? Hey, did you address it? Did you answer them back? I said, no. How many times have you held tights? Preaching in church here. How many times? We hardly do. We hardly do. I'm not saying it's wrong. And I'm not saying it's not important. But we hardly do. Said, so you just ignore them? I said, no, I just preach the word. I just preach the word. And my people respond to the word. She cannot. That's why they are God's people. What do you expect? <laughs> this is God's You know, and he was amazed. He was like, oh, wow. Mm, mm, mm. Because if you, you can't mud sling with people, that, with, with a pig. You, you can't mud sling with a pig. The pig is, when it's in the mud, it's in the natural habitat. And they can do to you what you can not do to them. Anyway. Yeah, so when we tithe in the New Testament to Jesus, Pastor, I mean, is that scriptural? Of course, Hebrews 7, you know. And it it, it says, but this man, talking about Melchizedek, Melchizedek was a type of Christ. No beginning, no ending in the Old Testament. Talking about the priesthood of Jesus that does not expire. Says, who does not belong to their ancestry, collected tithes from Abraham. And I said, tithe existed just before the law," so Abraham started with the tithing and all that. And blessed Him, so he received the first and blessed the rest. He received the first and blessed and blessed him. Now, who had received the promise? Even though Abraham was the one with the promise, he still needed two tithe and he still needed to be blessed. Now, verse seven: It is beyond dispute, beyond controversy, that the inferior, the lesser, is blessed by the superior, the greater. So, this Melchizedek must be greater than Abraham. In one case, talking about the law, tithes were received by those who were mortals, levites who will die. But in the other case, by one of whom it is testified, in the other, by one of whom it is testified that he lives forever. Hallelujah. So we tithe to an eternal priesthood Of Christ that lives forever. Praise the name of the Lord. So Jesus says to us. Organize before you multiply. It has to be blessed before it can multiply. You can't multiply something that is cursed. You can't multiply something that at the least devoid of blessing. Number three. He said to us. He shows us. It has to be given away for it to multiply. The same verse from verse 16. It has to be given away. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. He kept giving. I would say he kept giving. Jesus could, could have said, let me eat first. I'm, I'm the ogre. The thing will not work. He had to give. He kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so that they could what? Distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted and they had. Wait, says. Ten years ago, when Gospel, not, not ten years ago, 2010, eight years ago, <laughs> when Gospel House was about to start, you know, when we just started, you know, a month or two or something, you know, so I, I went to the U.S. to come over to see. Um, one of my mentors, um, Pastor Craig Groeschel of Life Church, you know. So, we sat together, and he was asking me some questions, you know, and all that. Then, in came, you know, Robert Morris. Do you know Robert Morris? The Gateway Church pastor. So, in came Robert Morris. And Robert Morris was preaching for him that weekend. The guy that wrote The Blessed Life. You need to read that book. The Blessed Life. And, you know, so... Oh, here is Pastor Femi from Lagos, blah, blah, blah. And we we had a good conversation. And Robert Morris was sharing the story how God moved him into financial multiplication. I mean, I I can't never forget. He said when he got saved, he went to church, he had a preaching about tithing. He and his wife, their total salary was $600. His wife, per month, His wife was four hundred. He was two hundred. He says that Sunday he titled sixty dollars. He says the following day he got to work. His boss said to him, "I'm going to double your salary." And when he was about to walk out of the office, he says he called him. He says, "But I don't even know why I'm doing it." Now, that was his own journey. I'm not saying that is a blueprint. (laughs) So, what God does His own way individually with us. And he went on and said, so God said to him, get out of debt. You can't, this is the same principle I'm teaching you. But he, he wasn't teaching from me, he was just sharing from his life story. But it's, it's in the Bible. God said to him, get out of debt. I can't multiply you when you are in debt. So he said that they bought one big car here and his wife. Obviously, they didn't need, they didn't need the, the, the rent. The, the, what they were paying on the car was more than their mortgage. To show you. So, God, so they sold the car, and they bought a $700 car, old car, 300 miles, <laughs> 300,000 miles, on it. And he says, but they were happy. You know, then God said to him, "I want to multiply you." You said I think, he got rid of that. God said to him, "No manipulation." You know, it's easy for people in ministry, pastors, to manipulate people for money. It's very easy. So God said to him, no manipulation. He said, okay. So he was itinerant at the time. He wasn't a resident pastor. He was going from one place to the other. And he said, so God said to him, when you go, tell them you don't have any financial obligation. Because when people come to ministers or people will say, oh, these are my financial obligations, you have to pay this amount, you have to pay this, you have to pay that, you have to pay this, you have to pay that. <laughs> people do it today, even today. Says, but God told him, no manipulation. When they call you, tell them you have no financial obligations. So they called him and he kept saying he has no financial obligation. And some will give him, some will not give him. And it was okay. In this particular month, he had just one speaking engagement. He got to the church; there were sixty people in the church, and that was his only speaking engagement. And that is how he feeds his family. <laughs> and God has said to him, the pastor, "says Oh, what? what do we?" Get? He says, "No financial obligation." So at the end, the final, the, the pastor by himself raised an offering for him. Then the pastor showed him the total and said, "They have never raised something like this before." It was enough to cover all their month's expenses. Their whole month. So he was like, wow. So he cut him the check. He had the check. And as he was going, he says, I saw a missionary friend, mutual friend with the pastor, and God said to him, give him the check. (laughs) So he wrote out, Fresh check. Give it to the man. Or oh, give the man the check. I don't know how they do it over there. he give the man the check. Yeah. My brain says write a new check. But that wasn't what he said. So he said, give gave the man the check. He probably just signed on it. I don't know. Then they were at dinner. Now listen to this. Amazing. They were at dinner. Him, the missionary, the this pastor friend, then with some other people that they didn't know. And as they were eating, this one man leaned to him and said, how much was the love offering that you were giving today? And his mind is like, ah, what kind of question is that? So he told him the amount. It was the big amount. So the man said, wow, that's a lot. He said, yeah, that is monthly budget <laughs> sorted out. Then the man leaned over. The man says, where's the check? I want to see it. Ah. He says that he had to lie. <laughs> he said he told the man that the check is with his wife. Then the man says, I'm waiting. Go get it. So he said he got up. He went to his wife. He says, oh, how is, how is dessert? Everything going well? He came back. And <laughs> I sat down. He says he's repented for lying, but that was what he did. He said, he, said, so he told the man that. He she forgot it in the car so the man said you gave it away didn't you and he was amazed he was like how did he know he said God told him and he said he brought out a check from his pocket he says he wrote this check before coming for that meeting Since God told him this was going to to happen, I trust him, he's going to give it. When he gives gives it, give him this. He gave him ten times. Now, uh, today, I mean, the story didn't end there. I mean, today the guy is uh, an incurable giver. The problem with many of us is that, we hold on tight. So things we should let go of. Check everyone that was a friend of God. None of them were stingy people. Everyone that was a friend of God were unbelievable givers. Check the scriptures. I can't, there's no time to begin to, to give you multiple, multiple examples. So we see that it was saying, sharing with us. You know how I, I sat down there. I was like, "Whoa, whoa!" Some people that would be the end. Though. That would be the end. Ah, I have so much to share, but there's no time. <laughs> Praise the Lord! Let's give God a big hand. But let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Um. So basically, if you really want to make an impact with your life, invest in something that will outlast you. The kingdom of God. Invest in something that will outlast you. You see, luminary bodies are sustained by their sacrifice. The sun keeps burning. That is how the sun is being sustained. People that govern and rule are ruling by sacrifice. People that are great are great by sacrifice. The sun does not pray, wake up and pray. Every wicked arrow fired against me. What's that? It will burn off. Because the sun is consistently emitting light and power. Spirits are welcome on earth and are hosted on earth through sacrifices. Even the spirit of God. Everywhere you see a demonic spirit in operation, somebody, there's an altar. For every throne, there's an altar. Every throne has an altar. It is your sacrifice, listen, that will secure that place. Even Jesus, it was Jesus' sacrifice that secured a place for him in glory. They said... The, to the sons of skipper, the demon said to the sons of skipper, "Jesus, we know we can see the sacrifice. Paul, we know we can see the sacrifice. Who are you? We can see your sacrifice. That's why Jesus will be king." Like my grandmother would say, "Baraye fe, baraye ko, Jesus, jesu. Jesus will be king, regardless of what the world thinks. He's not subject to Inec. <laughs> or oh, oh, to an election. Jesus will be king. And Jesus is king. Ah, hallelujah. Amen. So, very quickly. Number one, to multiply, you have to organize. Number two, to multiply, it has to be blessed for it to be multiplied. Number three, it has to be given away for it to... Multiply. And number four, you must collaborate if you want to multiply. You must collaborate with people. Verse 16, you saw that he kept giving the bread and the fish to his disciples. Jesus couldn't do it himself. Jesus needed to collaborate with his disciples. And they could distribute it to people. The miracle did not happen in Jesus' hands. The miracle happened in the hands of his partners, his disciples. In, in the wedding in Cana, Cana of Galilee, the miracle did not happen in Jesus' hand. was while the disciples took the wine, it, the miracle happened in the hands of the disciples. Your miracle of multiplication is going to happen in the hands of the people you collaborate with, the people you link up with, the people you partner with. Because none of us is stronger than all of us. None of us is stronger than all of us. In fact, I've shared before, I think, in the Silver and Gold series, that IQ is is, is a negative correlation of, of financial success. Most people that are very intelligent are actually not very wealthy. Because Very few intelligent people are wealthy. Because intelligence does not guarantee wealth. (laughs) So, but what they discover is this there's another quotient that is being measured. It's called the connectivity quotient, the CQ. That the CQ is positively correlated to financial wealth. In other words, how connected you are. The number of people you know. So when you have somebody with a high IQ like Bill Gates, that has a good CQ like Bill Gates, you have richest men in the world. When you have someone like a high IQ like Steve Jobs, that has a good CQ like Steve Jobs, and it goes on and on. But on the average, people that have sometimes even low IQs, but are People, people, they know how to be nice to people. They know how to treat people. They know how to connect to people. They are actually always very wealthy. They never, they are never in luck. So, what am I saying? As we wrap it up today. The less people you are connected to, the more disconnected you are from people, the less healthy, happy and wealthy you will become. Facts. 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 The more disconnected you are from people, the less healthy, happy, and wealthy you become. In other words, the converse is also true. The more connected you are to people, the more healthy, happy, and you become. So we see, to multiply, number one, Organize. For it to multiply, number two, it has to be blessed. It has to be blessed. Otherwise, it will be diminishing, diminishing, diminishing. That will not be your portion. In fact, the the scripture says that it's as if they, they, they gather together and God blows on it. God will not do that to you. I pray. Because your head will be correct. Number three. For it to multiply, it has to what? It It has to be given away. And number four. What? Collaborate. Collaborate. I want want to wrap up this three-part series with a story we see in 2 Kings 4. A man from Baal Chalisha came to Elisha. Bringing food from the first fruits of his first fruits to the man of God. 20 loaves of barley, fresh ears of grain in a sack. Elisha said, give it to the people and let them eat. But Elisha's servant said, how can I set this before a hundred people? So Elisha repeated. If if Elisha was in Nigeria I said, idiot, who told you to think it for me? No, no, no. But Elisha repeated and said, give it to the people and let them eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left. And he set it before them. And they ate and had some left. According to the word of the Lord, it will be to you according to the word of the Lord. Everything that has been prophesied into your life by yourself and from this altar, it will be according to the word of the Lord. Even if it appears impossible, as you set it before the people, as you take that step, it will be multiplied. As you take that step, there will be occupation Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. You will secure the garden. Amen. It will be planted Amen. and secure. You will take root downwards. Amen. You will bear fruit upwards and grow. Amen. And you will multiply. Amen. Let's bow our hearts and bow our heads. Let's give the Lord a big hand. One I want to pray with you if you are here. Jesus is not the Lord of your life. You are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Today. Today. I want to give it away so that it can be multiplied. I want want my life to be blessed. I want to give it to the Lord first so that the rest of my life can be blessed. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Should I come forward? You don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I will pray with you. Wherever you are seated That is me Pray with me Put up your hand Over your head Now Put it up Put it up Pull up Well What if I'm back sitting God bless you And I want to come back to Jesus God bless you Another hand there Yes you can put up your hand If you want to come back to Jesus Also God bless you Over there Another hand over there That is me pastor Pray with me Keep the hands up Keep the hands up And we'll pray together Pastor I want to come to God There's nothing to be ashamed about Don't be bashful Pull up that hand Shoot it up Over your head God bless you sir God bless you my brother God bless you my sister I can see that hand Keep, the, keep it up Until you get the card I am. In a dilemma, should I? Should I not? You should. Put it up. Put up your hand, and God will breathe upon you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you for everyone. God bless you. God bless you. I hand there. Please keep the hands up. until you get a card, we thank you for everyone that is surrendering to you today. We pray that you breathe upon them. Thank you for everyone in this place today, Father. Change our lives, Lord. Let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. Honor and glory be given to you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. We are afraid. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together for the Lord Jesus.